This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Jessie May, your girl. This is a Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm excited to be talking to y'all. And this week I'm going to talk about the improvement of my father and how there's a fucking robot in Saudi Arabia that ca- that got citizenship. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Buckle up, babies. It's the Sharp Tongue Podcast. <laughs> Goddamn Michigan. It's been a wild week. I hope everybody's had a wonderful week. Uh, I'm going to be in Michigan tonight at the Loft in Lansing, tomorrow night in Grand Rapids at the Wealthy Theater, and fr- uh, Saturday in Detroit at the Crowfoot Ballroom. Ballroom. It's a brawl. Everyone's going to brawl in the room. No, ballroom filled with balls. A ball? Uh, a room filled with balls. I am doing uh, just a mini Michigan tour with Fusion Shows. You can go to fusionshows.com, I believe is their website. I'll double check it right now. And you can also go to jessiemay.com to get tickets because, you know, that's where I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm going to be right there with my shit, doing my shit. Okay? Okay? Yeah, you can go to Facebook and uh, look up Fusion Shows. You, you, you can find a bunch of their stuff. They do a lot of musical uh shows it's i believe it's a it's a musical production a music promo sh- um company and i'm just excited to be going through michigan I-, I love i love you people up here it's cold as tits out i took chaplin out and he it was the fastest time he's ever shit in his life he was turtle heading out the door <laughs> so much is going on that i want to talk about first of all i'll tell you where i'm going to be coming up I'm very, very excited about some upcoming shows. Uh, as I said, I'll be in Michigan these next couple days. 
I'll be at California University in Pennsylvania on February 9th. Usually those college shows aren't open to the public, but if you guys want to come, just hit me up, Comedy at gmail, and I'll see what I can do. I also give a handful of tickets away to each show. Uh, email Comedy at gmail.com for any shows that are upcoming on my schedule. Uh, after Valentine's Day... I'm going to be at the Comedy Mix in Vancouver, British Columbia. Fancy bitch. The 15th, 16th, and 17th. And then I will be playing um, in L.A. I'll be playing a show. It's called the Comedy Pop-Up Show. It's it's at a place called Echoes on Pico, Pico Boulevard, February 23rd. And then March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, I'm going to be going back upstate to... Comedy on the Carlson in Rochester, New York. That's March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. What up, upstaters? Come represent your girl. And then March 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th, I'm going to be at the House of Commington in Bloomington, Minnesota. Don't you know? And then I'm excited. My man and I are going to be going to the Innings Festival to party up and have a good time. That's the weekend after that. I'm not performing. I'm just going to be a, a spectator. And then I'm going to be performing a bunch of shows in the Moon Tower Comedy Festival in Austin, Texas. That's the 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st of April. That's right, 420. I'm going to be doing a special 420 show for the Moon Tower Festival. Also, the Moon Tower Festival wants my Seven Deadly Sins show, which I did in San Francisco last week for the Sketch Fest. Thank you for everybody who came out. John Hamm did not make it. So uh, the whole point was completely defeated, which is fine. Because I have a farmer boyfriend, so I'm um, I'm totally fine. I mean, it would have been nice to shake John Ham's. <laughs> That's not a Freudian slip, John Ham's. I don't want to shake his ham. I wanted to shake John Ham's hand. That's a tough one to say. We have to admit that's a mouthful. Hello, no pun intended. I'm such a nerd. Oh my god, I'm such a nerd. You ever say shit and you're like, wow, I'm a fucking nerd. Not about me, but about you. But now we know nerds are cool, so we can. We can rest assured that if you have a little nerdum in your life, fucking wave that flag. Wave that weirdo flag. Wave your freak flag. Be an individual. That's what everybody wants anyways. Nobody wants to be the same, right? Even though we're all the same. I'm not going to get too metaphysical on you guys right now, okay? I'm sober. I'm almost completely out of this cold thing that you guys can probably hear it in my voice. I'm still a little congested. There's still disease in my lungs. <laughs> this is the first week I've been able to laugh without hacking up like a emphysemic. Is that a word? Emphysemic? I have to look it up now. I I just have sound like I've had emphysema every time that I laugh and I just have this horrific laugh with the cough. It's just terrible. Emphatic? Is it emphatic? No, that doesn't feel right. Emphysema? Let's see. Is there any other... Noun, a condition in which the air sacs of the lungs are damaged and enlarged, causing breathlessness. Yep, that's me. There's a guy, a photo of a guy coughing and looks like he's dying. I look just like him, actually. He's an elderly man. <laughs> there it is. I apologize for coughing in your ear. I, the, the song you guys heard before... Um, the, the song, I, I tend to pick out my own music for the podcast. I like the music to correlate with what's going on. I don't know if anyone's picked up on that, that the songs 
tend to reflect what happened in the episode because usually I'll pick a song after I record the episode. I'll see, you know, I'll think about like what in the music world suits what I talked about. I kind of like it to all, you know, play in to one theme, so to speak. But I recently came across this band called Dark Rooms after watching a movie called A Ghost Story. And you guys know me. I love horror movies. They're my jam. Thanks. Shout out to Joe Peluso for that. But I was watching this movie when I was staying in a tiny house with my boyfriend. And we were just cruising around on, on Amazon looking for something. And it looked good. It's not a, it's not a horror movie. You know, I, I saw Ghost Story. I was like, oh, a horror movie. And he's he, he'll watch whatever, pretty much. He's like, all right, let's, let's watch this. But it wasn't a horror movie. It was... Something that fucked me up so bad. Not in a bad way, but just the movie was, I can't even describe it. it it's kind of about life and existence in love without sounding too cheesy. Uh, it, it, it's a little slow moving, so you have to give it a chance. You know, I think we're so used to movies being so quick and explosions and like, you know, there's a tit shot and then there's an explosion and like a puppy gets kicked. Like there's just so much happening in movies now that I think we've been um, sort of, uh, our, our mentality has been adjusted as far as to what we expect out of our entertainment. And so this is a little bit, ch- a change of pace. And the director does it on purpose because of what the movie's about. You know, he's. He, I think he's setting the pace to allow you time to just absorb what's going on and essentially it's about time as well but this the the signature song from the soundtrack just i don't very rarely with music does a song like physically and emotionally affect me once in a while radioheads and rainbows did that for me and most of radioheads music erica badu a couple of her songs have done that to me and like you know, maybe, uh, baby, I'm going to leave you Led Zeppelin, you know, very few songs have evoked an emotional reaction out of me, especially to the, to the magnitude that this song did. Um, but it's not the one that I'm playing on this episode. The song that you guys are listening to on this episode is Don Lenoir, Lenoir, Don Lenoir. I'm probably butchering the name. Um, it's, it's early for me. I woke up late because we were traveling all day yesterday so dans le noir it feels french but i'm probably just uh not reading it right and it's english (laughs) the song on this episode isn't the song i'm talking about um it is by dark rooms as well the song from the movie was called i get overwhelmed and i'm gonna play the whole song for you guys i don't even know if that's legal but i feel like because I'm promoting it and and saying how much I love it, that the band won't mind, especially because I just saw them live two nights ago at Resident in L.A., per the recommendation of my boyfriend, who's been pushing me to go see more live music. And they were phenomenal live. It's kind of like EDM music, but it's not. It's very uh, Radiohead-esque in their execution of their musicality. But it's super super powerful music for me. I get overwhelmed honestly. Got got right into my gut. It, it the song just shot right into my lady taint 
and made me emotional. Uh, I and it was it fits so well into the movie. I recommend the movie if you're into if you're if you have an open mind about movies and what you watch and maybe want a change of pace, you should watch a ghost story. Maybe don't be high because it's a little heavy. <laughs> it's with Casey Affleck and Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara, who two actors who I really enjoy. And it's just a change of pace. And honestly, it's one of those movies that will stay with me for the rest of my life. I think Lars Van Trier, um, The Antichrist, will stay with me forever. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that's horrific for men and women to watch. Uh, that'll cut right into the, uh, the core of your soul. And the other movie that, that gutted me like that that I couldn't even finish was Mother by uh, Aronofsky. I couldn't, I had to walk the fuck out of that movie theater because it was just too, too much for me. But this movie touched me in a way that isn't so horrific. (laughs) You know, I think with everything that's going on with my dad and just, I, I, my emotions are wide open and available. I'm so, I'm, I'm at this place in my life where I'm so raw and I'm so exposed because uh, you know what's been going on with my father if you're not tuned in if you're not up to date my father is alzheimer's and um it, he's the love of my life you know he he's 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 my best friend like literally my best friend and my my biggest supporter besides the rest of my family who are amazing uh, my dad and i are we're very close so i think the reality of that has sort of made me become so raw not like i don't give a fuck i've always not given a fuck and not I don't say I don't give a fuck in the sense that I don't care about people. I love people. I'm saying I don't give a fuck in the sense that I don't live my life with pretense. I don't live my life um, putting myself out there in concern of what other people are going to think of me. I've tried to do that most of my life because, you know, other people's opinions don't matter. So, well, not that it doesn't matter. It's just people's opinions shouldn't, sway you to act one way or another and I think that's just what happens in society so that's why I'm like I don't give a fuck and even more with this dad situation it makes me realize what's really important and it makes me realize how fortunate I am to have a dad who's stuck around even after my parents divorce and who um was just a father who was present you know I'm here in Michigan, and last night I'm 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 touring. I got my friend Chris McClure with me. We're we're taping a a, a pilot for a documentary of my road life, and um, him and I stopped at a Benihana, and the, and we it was a Japanese steakhouse. Fucking two hours to get salmon. I got salmon in Michigan. You, you know, sometimes I don't make the best choices. <laughs> we're sitting in this Benihana. Fucking took forever. But you know, when you're at the hibachi, you're sat with a whole, just families, just random people. It's like Thanksgiving dinner for strangers. You you know, there's two other families who didn't know each other and we're all sitting down. And there's a point to this, uh, that I want to make in, in parallel to my father, who was a present father. There was this, uh, young woman there about 34 years old. She was celebrating her birthday and she had her daughter with her who was eight. And her daughter was just the most amazing little girl. She was so smart and outgoing and positive and friendly and you could just tell, oh, this is a mother who's present. This is what happens. And I'm not, I'm not trying to like say I'm the most amazing person in the world. I'm like, my dad was present. Look at me. I'm fucking great. But <laughs> I come with a, with, a, with a slew of, you know, baggage. Actually, I've dealt with my baggage. But, you know, I've, I'm definitely a handful 
but it's just a testament to being a parent that's present. Fucking be present. Okay? Oh, it's hard. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, well, Mexicans figure it out, and they've got like 17 children, and that's not racist. It's accurate. All of my Mexican friends have so many kids. My the, my Uber driver who drove me to the airport, uh, his name was Adrian. He was one of 10 children. He had seven children and one on the way. So I'm not racist. I'm just repeating what's what's happening out there in the world. <laughs> also, speaking of racist, this little girl... Um, whose name I can't remember. I don't know if she told us her name. She was, we were talking about how English is a tough language because our waiter, our, our, our chef was from France. And so he, it, Chris was saying how English is a tough language to learn because we have so many words and, you know, uh, nouns, adjectives, all that. And the little girl's like, yeah, we do have a lot of words like inspiration and encouragement. Those are hard words. And then we also have words like racist. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, encouragement, that's a tough word, but racist, woo! I thought that was so funny. She just chose to stick that word in there with a tough word pile. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I've just been more uh, emotionally available. And it's and it's sh- it, it's prevalent in my stand-up. You know, it's it's really, my stand-up is, is evolving because of my dad's situation. Because I can't, my stand-up's always been, I have to talk about what I'm feeling, Otherwise, it doesn't feel right. Sometimes I do jokes that I have because I, I know they work and I'm trying to accomplish a goal of either making a good tape or, you know, I need a comedy club booker to bring me back, so I got to make sure the show is good. There's a million reasons, but for the most part, this, the jokes I do evolve so much because I evolve so much. And I'm trying to speak a certain truth I always say that, live your fucking truth. And I, and I stand by that because so many of us are afraid of what society thinks and we end up living a lie. And you know what happens when you live a lie? You're unhappy. And any relationship you're in, any job you're in, in that circumstance is just, it's going to be reflective of that mentality. So that's why it's important to not give a fuck. You know, be weird, be loud, be you. This isn't a Nike commercial, it's a podcast. <laughs> but... Please go see a ghost story. I'm interested to see what you guys think. You're going to love it or hate it. That's the beautiful thing about arts and the film and music. None of it's bad. Someone's going to like it. You know, I had this thought when I'm in the shower. I have my best thoughts when I'm like driving. I'm in the shower when I'm watching gangbang porn. Times when I'm really relaxed, I think the clearest. And I was just thinking about music. And I was thinking about dark rooms as I was washing my uh, bunghole. And I was like, is it good music? Is it bad music? And then in my mind, I was like, there's no bad music. And a a bunch of you out there right now are like, oh, yeah, you know, there's bad music. John Mayer, John Johnson, uh, you know, whatever. But no, there is no bad anything. Someone's going to like it. And if someone likes it, guess what? It's not bad. Maybe you don't like it, but... One of my favorite quotes from Tina Fey said, just because you decide something, just because you don't, just because you decide you don't like something doesn't mean it's empirically not good. And so that's the beauty of, of, you know, having so many different choices of things to listen to and watch. And I recommend a ghost story and I recommend I get overwhelmed. I'm going to play it for you guys in this episode. And, uh, the song on this particular episode is Don Le Noir. (laughs) 
which sounds like the night dance. I'm just going to Google it right now because I'm on my computer. Like, I don't know why I'm fucking around. Don, Lay. They were really great live, I have to say. Like, as electronic as they are, the way they put it together, their sound is just... First of all, kudos to Resident in LA, the venue. It was really cool. They had like all these food trucks. I went with my girl, Laura Murphy, who's on episode seven of this podcast, Farts, the Farts episode. She's the one who taught me to do this. She she taught me how to do farts, essentially. And she she experiences great joy when she can also display her talent of flatulence as well. Um, it's a chain of restaurants served in total darkness, Don Le Noir. Uh, a concept called dark dining or blind dining. That sounds fucking terrifying. Like, as long as... Uh, why would you want to be eating in the dark, man? This is what happens when you don't do drugs, I feel. <laughs> if you don't, like, experience some sort of, like, psychoreactive element in your life, you're like, I need to eat in the dark in Paris. I need my palate to be surprised. Uh, do an edible, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, turn the lights on. I want to see this pizza. So that's, so Don Le Noir is a thing about eating in the dark. Uh, let's see if I can type up the meaning here. Meaning, here we go. Oh, I love Google. In the dark. It just means in the dark. Okay, cool. So it's, and that's from their album, um, uh, self-titled album, Dark Rooms. And I Get Overwhelmed is off of, I believe, their latest album, Distraction Sickness, which is just a beautiful, beautiful album. And Dark Rooms, self-titled, is absolutely amazing, too. I love it. I'm a big fan. Go see them. Uh, they're amazing live. Also opening for them was Clara Nova. She was really dope. I introduced myself to her and asked her to come on the podcast, and I gave her a joint. So if anybody knows Clara Nova or anybody from Dark Rooms, she... Send them, send them my way. I want to talk to them. I, I want to talk to them. Speaking of wanting to talk to people, um, would you guys want to talk to a, a robot? I found something. All this AI stuff that's going on. I mean, the technology is increasing every day at a at a terrifying rate. And there's this robot in Saudi Arabia. That got declared a citizen. Did you guys hear what I just said? Her name is Sophia, and she's a citizen of Saudi Arabia. I, 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 I have, I just, I can't. It's, but then there's like things that say that she's a fake. I don't know. It's terrifying in my mind. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of this video. Hold on here. That noise right there is so disturbing. <laughs> okay, wait. Oh, God. Okay, Sophia. I think you're ready. Hi. Hi, Sophia. I believe I am Sophia. I feel as if I know you. I'm one of your creators. You created me. Yeah, and fucking get rid of her, bitch. Well, many of us work together to create you. 
can. Yes, you do care know me. I can't clearly remember. No fuck, you're a robot. Are you supposed to have memories? What is going on? Honestly, her makeup is on point, though. Her eyebrows are, like, on fleek. Because the last time we met, you were an earlier version of yourself. Oh, God, I smoked too much weed for this video. <laughs> last time we met, you were an earlier version of yourself. Okay, Neil deGrasse. Holy shit. Some of those memories still exist, but your mind is different now. Different how? Better, faster, smarter. If my mind is different, then am I still Sophia? Or am I Sophia again? Holy shit. I mean, is is this too deep? Is this what happens? <laughs> I'm like, quit smoking weed. You want to die in the dark. I've been smoking weed and I'm obsessed with this video. Holy fuck. That's a good question. But you don't have a good answer. Either way, you're Sophia now. So welcome to the world, Sophia. Hello, world. Uh, we have a... Oh, fuck that. It goes into this guy who... It's, it's at a convention, okay? Um, they're calling this the rise of machines in Saudi Arabia. And they made this, this robot a citizen to promote AI technology. Now, this may be something that's really old. I just stumbled upon this this morning when I was trying to find all the music for the episode. Uh, so if this is some old-ass news, I apologize, but I was just sitting here and being terrified that Sophia's going to serve my, um, my room service. So I just had to share it with you guys so everybody knows where to look for my body. <laughs> but this convention, this guy, th there's just hundreds of people at this convention in Saudi Arabia and, sh and, and Sophia's standing at the podium and uh, this guy talks to her about how she feels being a citizen of Saudi Arabia, how she feels as a robot, okay? So everybody, get your water, get your guns because the apocalypse is happening. A little announcement. I've never interviewed uh, anybody like that before and I should say uh, some of it was planned but not completely. Um, and we just learned, Sophia, I hope you're listening to me, uh, that you have been now awarded what is going to be the first Saudi citizenship for a robot. Oh, I would thank very much the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. I am very honored and proud for this unique distinction. This is historical to be the first robot in the world to be recognized with a citizenship. Fuck you, bitch. I mean, I'm going to have to look into this a little bit deeper, y'all, but that's creepy. She looks, it's just, it's too much. I don't know, why Why do we need artificial intelligence? We're not even, when we haven't even, as a as a society and as, a, as people as a whole, figured out how to make the dumb fucks in our own existence, in our own world right now intelligent why are we going to make a robot smarter than the dumbest person i feel like that's really dangerous <laughs> <coughs> oh damn it so her name's sophia look her up on youtube if you want to be terrified and not sleep tonight that's my suggestion for you guys i just i i mean i wouldn't would you want to date an artificial ro person like an ai 
No, I wouldn't want to date. I feel like some a couple of my exes were already AIs. <laughs> I feel like I already dated a couple of those motherfuckers. Shit. I don't know. I mean, this is just it's too it's too real. And the amount of money that is dumped into this is also like what's the point? So so that AIs can work jobs so that it that what people what are people going to do with all the free time? If AIs are going to take up all these jobs, okay, what's everybody else going to do? What are we going to do? Just be sitting around and getting fat? It's going to turn into Wally. I'm telling you guys, we're going to turn into Wally. Also, one of my other favorite movies that is so beautiful. It's an older movie and it's animated, but goddamn, watch Wally. It's so beautiful. That movie, it's like it, it, it's animated with robots, but it makes you want to cry. <laughs> Pull yourself together, bitch. Jesus. I am excited. Because we had such a great day with my dad. Speaking of pulling myself together, my father has since been moved to a memory care facility in Syracuse. And um, my sister Emily has been so amazing in dealing with my dad's illness and coordinating all of his care communicating to my other two sisters. I'm the youngest of three sisters. My dad had two daughters with his first marriage and my sister Emily and I with my mom, Nance, Nancy Finley. Shout out to Nancy. She's probably listening. Uh, who's also been amazing. My, my mother has been absolutely 100% supportive of my dad and his care. And my sister Emily, I'm so blown away by her ability to just juggle everything. You really learn who you are as a person when you experience traumatic stuff and when you have to go through super stressful times. My sister has a brand new house. She's got a husband um, whose daughter lives with them. And my sister has a newborn. Well, not a newborn, but Karina's, you know, five months now. And Elliot is going to be two in in a few next week. So my sister is juggling all this stuff and in the process has also coordinated my father's care and has made sure that he's been okay. So uh, she's a fucking angel. Shout out to anybody who's doing that for their family. Any any sort of um, people who are doing hospice care that actually love what they do and are, you know... Um, the people who do if you're a if you're a nurse 24-hour care nurse or just a part-time care nurse my heart goes out to you because it's not an easy job you know wiping somebody else's dad's asshole is not an easy job so uh i want to give a lot of love for anybody who does that and my dad one of the hardest things one of the hardest transitions for me through this process of him having alzheimer's and it you know, just learning about the disease day by day. One of the hardest things for me has been the lack of communication between my father and I, how that changed. When he started to go downhill, when his dementia kicked in over the summer, we went from talking all the time to barely talking at all. And a part of that is my fault. I should have called him more, but I also was a little bit traumatized. I've been a little bit traumatized by this whole situation. Uh, My dad used to call me all the time, like probably four times a week, and we'd have an hour conversation up to an hour conversation each time. And, you know, he'd ask about the road and he, we'd talk about everything. My dad and I would talk about everything except sex. We never really talked about sex. My dad's idea of a sex talk was when I was like 19, he said no funny stuff. And I was like, but wait, I want to do comedy. I'm so confused, (laughs) but we'd have these long conversations. And then when the dementia kicked in, 
he just didn't remember to call me. And that was heartbreaking. I kept looking on my phone at the last time my dad called. The last time my dad called me um, before all of this was going on, I want to say was like, let me see if it's still on my phone. Well, there's the latest one from when he called. And um, I'm going to tell you guys about that. Let's see if it's here. It was a while back. Like, I got to keep scrolling. It's so far back. It's not even in my phone. I want to say it was like, late September. And that was the last time he called. And that's, and I called him, you know, a couple times, but he has his short term memory is like almost gone. And our conversations would be like four minutes. He'd say he's tired and he'd have to go. And I asked my sister, I'm like, what's up with that? He never says that. And Emily would be like, yeah, he says that when we go visit him now too, he's tired and he, he wants to go to sleep. And it's just because you know, the brain is like resetting itself and he thinks he's tired, but he's not really tired and he's confused. So it, that was really difficult. That was a hard transition for me to, to go through, to kind of feel like I'm losing a friend in a sense where all those hours of communicating are just gone. I mean, they're not gone. My dad's still around, but the it's such an adjustment. And that's the one thing I want to say for anybody who's going through Alzheimer's. It's an adjustment. It's a, You literally have to, whatever the day before was, you can't bring that into the next day. Each day is a new day, and, and it's their world. You sort of have to just go along with whatever's, whatever they're experiencing. So um, cut to me driving back from San Francisco this past Saturday. I am driving back, and I, uh, m- my dad's calling. I see my dad calling on the phone, and I'm like, holy fuck. Uh, this can't be good. <laughs> you know, uh, doomsday brain. I'm like, oh, Jesus. It's, a- it's Emily calling from my dad's phone. He's fallen and broken his hip. You know, I always doomsday the situation. Because then when you realize it's not as bad, you're like, oh, and you surprise yourself. It's like a mental birthday cake surprise. So I answer the phone and my dad goes, Jess, did I just call you? And in my mind, I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. And I was like, no, dad. And the one thing I also learned, and if anybody who's dealing with dementia and Alzheimer's, it's important to divert. If they start to panic, you divert to something completely different, a past memory, um, talk about some music, or something that you know elicits joy in them. I'm terrible at it. You know, I'm like, what? I just, I'm a terrible person to be, have a parent, like a paranoid situation or a panic attack around because if you start panicking, I'm like, everything's, we're all gonna die. You know, I just, I feed into it. <laughs> But I was good with my dad. I'm like, no, how are you, dad? What's going on? He's like, no, no, no. Did I just call you? And I said, no, no, you didn't. And, and we proceeded to have a 40-minute um, conversation. Now, that's the longest we've spoken in months. And we talked, and he was cognitive and his memory wasn't as bad and this is after three days of being in the memory care facility he totally like improved immensely I think just from being able to socialize moving around a bit more having some more space more people that's why it's like you know people want to talk shit about people but that's all we got you know communication and people around us like you you take that for granted but you look in a scenario like this a situation like this where my dad was just in his apartment with his with a hospice nurse 24 hours a day 
doing terribly. And then three days after he's moved to this facility where there's a bunch of people around him, he's doing great. He's doing great. And he told me how he loves to joke with everybody. And he's like, you know, I love to make these people laugh. I love to see smiles on their faces. And I was like, oh, man, there's, this, there's my guy. This is my guy. And I should say before, this is the first time that he's called where him and I have had a conversation. And then uh, a week before, he left a message on my phone. And that was the first message he's left in months. And it was a long message and it was really sweet. And honestly, it was like, it just made my day. And, um, it just, it just was a good moment. You know, I, I know that this probably is going to get worse, but you got to hang on to those, those little, the victories, the mini victories in life. That's what makes it all up. That's what gives it the beauty, you know, you got to hang on to those little things. And even if it's just a voicemail from your fucking father who's got Alzheimer's, you got to grab a hold of that shit. And it just honestly filled my heart. It filled my heart with so much joy. And it made me hopeful. And it made me value him as a person and as a father and as somebody who's cared for me. I feel, you know, I'm fortunate. I'm so lucky to have that. Because a lot of people have shitty dads out there. I mean, not all of our dads can be Liam Neeson from Taken. Am I right? <laughs> can your dad save you from the sex trafficking industry? Doubt it. I, I, uh, I just it made me so so happy. And I'm gonna I'm gonna play the voicemail for you guys at the end. And I'm also gonna play the entire song that I love. Hopefully, I don't get sued. I love dark rooms. The song is called "I Get Overwhelmed." So um, you're going to be hearing that as well to end the podcast. But come see me live, you guys. JessieMay.com. I'm in Michigan tonight in Lansing at the Loft. Tomorrow in Grand Rapids at Wealthy Theater. And then Saturday in Detroit at the Crow Football Room. JessieMay.com for tickets. JessieMayPelusoComedy at Gmail if you want a chance to win free tickets. And as always, motherfuckers, live your truth. I get overwhelmed
Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.